Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a new guide that I've put together that I reckon you are going to love. If you've ever felt stuck for content ideas for Instagram or social media, then this is for you. I've put together 17 creative content ideas to grow your Instagram and land new clients. This strategic content approach engages your audience, grows your following, and attracts a flood of clients to your business. If you want access, you can get access for free right now. Head on over to mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash creative content, and you'll find everything you need to get access to that incredible new guide. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, we are nearing the end of 2021. I hope that you're excited because I am excited. This year has been good, but let me tell you, I am ready for a little holiday. I'm ready for a little break. I hope that it's going to be sunny uh, and not rain at Christmas time as it did last year. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever the Christmas holiday season looks like for you, I hope that you are going to enjoy some time off. I hope that you are going to rest and not freak out about your business or about being productive. I just hope that you can enjoy some time out. With that in mind, today we are joined, and I thought this was such a good episode to kind of start to round out the year. We are joined by Jess Williamson, who is an award-winning mindset and business coach. Let me tell you, This conversation is a must listen. If you are a woman in business, I mean, if you're a man in business, you can also listen. But if you are a woman in business in particular, you're going to love this. We're talking about unearthing limiting beliefs that hold us back from growing and scaling our business and building a business that really is aligned with our dream life. Oh my goodness. I loved this conversation. I left this conversation so inspired and I know that you're going to feel the same. So Let's dive into it. I hope that you have a pen and paper handy, unless you're driving, in which case don't do that. It's not safe. But if you do have a pen and paper handy and you're, you know, on solid ground and you're not driving, then take some notes because this is incredible. And remember, if you love it, share it with a friend because this is so, so important. And I'm really excited to be having this conversation with Jessica Williamson, all about mindset and limiting beliefs. Let's do it. Well, Jess, it is so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Western Australia. It is so good to chat with you. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, Laura. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we're going to be talking all about mindset and limiting beliefs. And I feel like this is a really great time as we wrap up the year and as we start to reflect on 2021 and lead into 2022, it's really great for us to do a bit of a reset here. So tell us about your business. What do you do and how did you start? Because I feel like you have 
a very interesting business journey. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So currently I am a business and mindset coach. So I'm really, really passionate about helping other women just really get out of their own way and grow their businesses in a way that feels really good and get rid of that hustle culture and all of that sort of thing. But I didn't start here. I started five or six years ago with my very first business, Etty Swimwear. And so since then, I've had five different businesses. I've had my swimwear brand, so e-commerce. I've had an influencer travel agency where I used to travel all over the world and take influencers on trips. I've had a bricks and mortar um, events and photo shoot venue in Perth. And I've also done a bit of photography and things on the side. So I've kind of had experience in all of the different business models, um, <laughs> but now I am just focusing on my coaching, which is really, really exciting. And honestly, I feel like this is where I'm meant to be, but all of those things sort of gave me the experience and the tools and I'm able to really just relate to a lot of my clients as well on where they're at and what they're working on. And so you ran all of those businesses. What was the time frame of all of that? Yeah, so I've actually just only just sold the swimwear brand. So I was running that. I launched in 2016 and I grew that really quickly and globally. So we had customers in over 46 countries. I had international warehouses in Hong Kong and the USA and most of our customers were in the US. So I've recently just sold the business to someone in the US um, in near San Francisco. So that's really cool because I grew and built that business and I loved it and I still, you know, it's still been a massive part of my journey and I don't regret any of it, but I just got to a point where I'd lost a bit of the passion and didn't feel like it was my real calling. So I thought now is the time to sell the business and let someone else take it over who's got that newfound passion and who really wants to hit the ground running with that kind of business because I was focusing on that and my coaching for probably the past one to two years, um, but I'd scale and grow the the swimwear brand to a point where it was pretty much automated, systemized, or um, I had a VA helping me out with that as well. So everything was really systemized, which for one made it super easy to sell it because someone could pick it up and run with it and I didn't have to be stuck as part of it for a while. Um, yeah. But it meant that I was only probably spending one to two hours a day on the swimwear. But I mean, that's still one to two hours a day. Like it's not much, but at the same time when you're doing multiple businesses and just the energy and the mental capacity of running a whole separate business, there's all the accounting, there's all the numbers, there's all the strategy, everything you just have to still think about. So that was the swimwear brand. I ran the swimwear brand for maybe one to two years before I launched the second business, which was somewhere elsewhere, the influencer travel agency. And I started that because I was working with like over 500 influencers globally with my swimwear brand. And I'd kind of done a lot of trial and error, figured out what worked and how best to work with them. And I started seeing these massive beauty brands taking influencers to the Maldives or fun locations and doing these big press trips. And I thought, look, as a small brand, I can't afford, like it would have cost them like multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to run these trips. Um, And I didn't have that money. So I thought, why not make an agency model? I can utilize my experience in working with influencers, my contacts with influencers, and then brands can come on board with a package deal. And then we can all share sort of the costs involved 
in that. So that was the second business and I got to go to, you know, the Fiji um, Marriott group took us around to three of their hotels and partnered with the Sundays Tourism and got to hang out with influencers from all over the world. So I learned tons there and that one wasn't my favourite business, although it sounds fun. It's a lot of work and like a lot of yeah. hustling and most of the influencers were great, but some of them were just so ungrateful and that's not the kind of vibe I want to surround myself with. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it might sound fun, but the whole time you're just there like stressing out and trying to trying to get them to do stuff that they refuse to do. So <laughs> it's not really all Oh, that my fun. gosh. And did you finish up that business before COVID? Yeah. So in 2019, I had the grand idea of running two trips three weeks apart um, so one trip was to Fiji, then I got back home for like two weeks and then I had to go again to the Wit Sundays. And I thought, this is a great idea because it'll be the same amount of work. I'll invite some of the same influencers. The brands can choose, you know, both trips if they want. But I just burnt myself out. Like that was just way too hectic. <laughs> we always yeah. bite off more than we can chew. So I did two trips at the start of 2019 and then I thought, look, I'm going to take a break for the rest of 2019 and just rest. And then obviously 2020 happened and it just, yeah, that business has just been paused. I never really closed it down or did anything, but it's not something I want to pick up again. So that business just kind of stopped if I can put it in that way. And then I had my events venue from about 2019. I started that and then uh, because we're in WA, we were pretty lucky, so we didn't really have many lockdowns or anything. So I ran that for about a year, grew it to a point where it was booked out all the time without me really doing any work. So I, again, systemized, automated, um, and it was almost running itself. But it just gave me a lot of anxiety around, like, what are people doing in there? And then there'd be, you know, phone calls on Sunday mornings, like the cleaner calling me and saying people have broken the door or they've, you know, damaged things. And it just wasn't fun for me. So I um, sold that business as well. And then, yeah, so I've just, it's a lot. I'm like trying to condense <laughs> this into the shortest way possible. But it's, uh, it probably sounds like a lot because it was a lot. <laughs> do you ever sleep? That is my next question. I do now. So in the past two years, I think we've all learned some pretty good lessons over the last two years on slowing down. Um, yeah. And so that's probably my life lesson to slow down because I can do a lot. I'm capable of it. I can do it. Doesn't mean I should do it. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's a lesson that I've had to learn because I'm like, I can do it. I can manage it. I can survive. I can make it all successful, but it doesn't mean that I should. And so for the past probably two years, I've really been prioritizing my health and working with naturopaths and really getting everything back on track. Um, I don't know if there's too much info, but like I stopped the pill and just trying to get my body back in order because I used to just run off of a lot of um, stress hormones, which I didn't even realize. I thought, hey, I'm going to yoga, I'm relaxing, but then I wouldn't be eating regularly or or exercising and and those all kick in certain hormones. So in the past two years, I've been on a real journey to working less or that's also why I got rid of the other businesses because I'm like, it's just too much. And just because I can doesn't mean I should work all of that much. And so I've now been able to put all of my energy into my my coaching business and my offers and supporting my clients. And that's just grown um, so much because of that. But also 
I now have every Friday off. Like tomorrow I'm going to the beach. I was chatting to you before and it's going to be, I think, 34 <laughs> degrees tomorrow, which is oh my insane. Gosh. The first 30 degrees day is today that we've had all year. So I'm really excited. But I, I take every Friday off. Most of the afternoons I try and have a lot more slower and, you know, I'm eating properly and like exercising and doing yeah. all of that. And I find that that is really where I found my joy and like my comfort. And I'm really passionate now about helping my clients do the same and not burn out. Cause there's a lot of messaging online, I guess, of like, you have to be doing reels and you have to be doing this and you have to be doing like yeah. 50,000 things, but you don't always have to be doing all of them um, depending on what your goals are. That is honestly, we could stop the yeah. episode right here <laughs> because that is so Oh, it's just so refreshing to hear you say that because I can imagine like if I had to sell, if I felt like, oh, I can't maintain Lala Social Club anymore, mm. I'm going to sell it, I would feel a deep sense of attachment and I find it so um, like hearing you talk about it, I love that it's it seems like your business is there to serve you. You're not there mm. to serve your business. Yeah. And I love that that you know, you're not, it, your identity isn't wrapped up in your business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just incredible because so for so many of us, myself included, we can work ourselves to the bone just to say that we haven't failed or, you know, we haven't had a bad month or, you know, even in course creation land, it's like, oh, I did a hundred thousand dollar launch and I did this and I did this and it was easy. But like, You don't see behind the scenes of like the meltdowns and the tech failures and all of the work. And so it's, it's this, I think people put out this thing online that is so glamorous and make, can make you feel really inferior or really like, oh my goodness, no, sometimes I feel like it is hard work. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that you have had this, um, you're okay with saying, okay, well, that season for that business is done. How did you do that? Yeah. So I think, I mean, the reason that you probably feel attached is that you're not done. Like, you know, so um, it's like, I liken it to a breakup. So when I was in it with the swimwear brand, I was just like, get it away from me, you know, like get it away from me. Not to that extent, like it wasn't that bad, but I was just like, I'm kind of done. And Like if anyone's ever been through, like I haven't actually, I've been with my partner for about nine years now, but I would imagine that like when you're ready to just, you know, break up or move on, you just kind of know. And so I've felt like that for probably one to two years, to be honest, the thought has crossed my mind. I just didn't really know how to sell a business. So I just kept going um, and it was working and making me money. And a lot of people said, why didn't you just keep it if you're only spending one hour a day and it's making profit and you're getting money from it? that's not the point. Like for me, it was still taking up 30% of my mental capacity or energy or, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things. Even if you're not physically doing it, you've got to still think about it. So um, for me, it just was the time. And then when I finally found a buyer, which is a lengthy long, like it's a long process. And even when I found a buyer, the negotiations and everything was a lot. So But once the contract was signed, then all of these emotions like overwhelmed me like, oh, but all the good times. And 
and I was like remembering and I had a bit of a cry and remembering all the really cool stuff. Like I got to go to New York Fashion Week in my first six months and be on the runway with other Australian brands and fly all over around the world and make the most best friends like all over the world um, through this brand and some really, really fun stuff and obviously designing my own products and all the things that come along with it and the impacts that I got to make with, you know, sharing different size bodies and all of that. It was just really cool to think about, but I still knew that it was the right decision at the end of the day. And so, um, I mean, I probably would have made more money keeping it, to be honest, but for me, it's not about money. I don't really care about money for money's sake. For me, something that I care about is not being stressed. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I would pay any amount of money to live a stress-free life. I don't know. Most people pro- I'm sure would. So, um, yeah, I think when you know, you just know and you're kind of like I've built it to a certain point and for me I'd lost the passion. So I knew that if I continued on, I wasn't being innovative. I wasn't really like that excited by it. And so it it was going to plateau and then it would start to go downhill. If a business plateaus, it's going downhill. Um, yeah. So I could have held on to it for longer and then it would have been worse and then I would have sold it for less and then I would have been even more burnt out and it just wouldn't have been good for anyone. So um, for me it was just like the right time. Yeah, I, I think that intuition, one thing that I have realised is your intuition is there for a reason and it is such a gift. And if you listen to your gut on those things, those big decisions or even those little decisions of the, oh, should I work on with this client or should I collaborate with this this person or should I go into this deal or whatever, those gut feelings mm. are it is just so valuable listening to them. And it's so important that we trust our intuition on these things. And and even if it feels silly or crazy or your family and your friends are like, oh my goodness, why are you doing this? It's profitable. Like I can imagine people being like, it's at the height of its success. Why would you, why would you sell? But it's, mm. I love your thought of, well, it's actually not my season for it anymore and it's not serving me anymore. Yeah. And so from there, you moved into what you do now. Well, I was already doing, I was already doing coaching for probably the past three years. So, right. um, yeah. And so what, what's kind of involved with your coaching now? Cause you talk a lot about mindset. You talk a lot about limiting beliefs. So can yep. you unpack a little bit of that for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. So obviously I've got the experience in businesses and I know how to grow and scale businesses pretty well, um, in different models. And then my background is also digital marketing. So that's always become quite helpful, um, with helping people as well, yeah. but I don't, I don't love doing it for people. So that's why, um, I mean, again, I could do that, but I don't want to. So um, then in terms of the mindset, like mindset was a huge part of my journey. So I just quickly touched on the fact that I went to New York Fashion Week in the first six months. And I like to use that one as an example because it really shows, and at the time I didn't realise I just thought everyone thinks this way and I think we all think everyone thinks like us and that's a trap that we all can fall into and it wasn't until I spoke to more um, female entrepreneurs that I realised, hmm, people have limiting beliefs (laughs) and I never really experienced that. So I was one week into business. Well, actually, before I even started, I decided that the swimwear brand was going to be a global swimwear brand, whereas I speak to a lot of people and they're like, oh, let me just 
practice. Like I'll just practice in my city and then I'll go global if it goes well or they don't really dare to dream that big. So I decided it was going to be global. Therefore, I took actions like I manufactured overseas from day one. I didn't just do a small run here in Perth and think I'll see how it goes. You've got to be in that mentality from day one. So that was one part of it. And then I did a professional photo shoot. I actually went all the way to Melbourne to do that because there was a specific photographer and model that I wanted to work with that would portray the brand exactly how I wanted it to. So because I made that decision from day one with the mindset, every action that I took delivered that global business and I made international sales from day one. Um, The next thing was that one week after I launched, I was invited to New York Fashion Week in an Australian showcase. So it was all these other Australian brands that I've looked up to for so long. And at first I thought it was a scam. And I was like, who the hell is inviting me to New York after one week? (laughs) I've only been here one week. Who are they? (laughs) Um, But I checked it out and it was it was legit. So I spoke to some other brands that have been before and and it was real. So first things first, I just spent all of my money on my first collection and hadn't sold many. Um, Second thing, I was working full-time for the whole first year of my business and I had zero annual leave. And also I could have said like, who am I to go to New York Fashion Week firstly, or who am I to be in the same showcase as these top amazing Australian brands? And there's so many more like limiting beliefs that could have come up But to be honest, I never even thought about it. I never even thought about like, well, who am I to be in this show? I just thought, well, cool. This is really awesome. I've got no money. I've got no time, but I'm going to (laughs) say yes. I'm going to say yes. And then I had to make not only pay to get there and the models and all of the things involved with putting on a show, but also had to design and manufacture and pay for a whole new collection because you can't take old stuff to New York. You've got to do a whole new one. So that's a significant investment. Plus anyone that knows uh, manufacturing like clothing and stuff can take up to six to 12 months. Um, So I did all of that and I did hit adrenal fatigue. I did hit burnout. I did hit all of these things um, around that time, but I just said yes and did it anyway. So So many people always ask me, like, how did you get these opportunities or how do you make this happen? And it's got nothing to do with luck. It's because I decided that it was going to be global from day one, but also because I didn't have any limiting beliefs or self-doubt or anything. I just thought, look, I absolutely cannot pay for all of these things that I need to pay for, but I'm going to do it anyway and, you know, make it happen. So mindset has always been a good strength of mine. Obviously, every time you level up, there's a new level to bust through and no one's ever sorted all of their mindset out. Um, But I had a pretty strong mindset going into it. So it was a massive part of my journey, but I didn't realise it until... um, until I learned more about the mindset. And so then I decided, all right, I'm going to level up. So I did a coaching course. I did a power of change course, like a subconscious mind sort of work, NLP, um, hypnosis, like all of these sort of mindset tools that I can now pull on. I also did life coaching and all of these things that I now combine with all my experience with business and with my experience in marketing and, and literally all the things in one. (laughs) So um, that's something that I'm really passionate about because I do think it's majority mindset, little bit strategy. Anyone can do a task. Like you could get a monkey to do a task these days or or a five-year-old child can operate an iPhone and (laughs) run your business. But, But it's about the mindset and 
so many times I tell my clients exactly what to do. I can tell them what to do and make it a success, but I'm not there to run their business for them. And so I might give them tasks and they're resistant. They're resistant to taking certain actions or taking certain leaps or they're procrastinating or self-sabotaging or sometimes they even like try and hide from me and I find them. <laughs> they hide from me because they, they are worried that I'm going to tell them off, but I'm, I never tell them off. It's their, their own um, fears or whatever it is. But it's just funny because it really does come down to mindset. Everything yeah. really does stem from it. And even the people who think their mindset's sorted, I'm able to sort of pull out things from them that they might have not even realized. So one lady who actually came to my retreat, which I just did last week, which was amazing. And she came in thinking, right, I need sales and marketing help because I'm not getting any clients. I need sales and marketing help. And over the course of the weekend, I could pick up on certain languaging or certain words or certain things that she was doing and saying, and it came down to her lack of confidence had nothing to yeah, do wow. with marketing, had nothing to do with sales. And when we when we sort of started that discussion around that, I never tell people what they're doing. I pull it out of them or notice things. And so she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to hear it at all. And sometimes we don't want to hear it or we don't think it's true because everyone is always just looking at what's the next hack. Like just tell me what funnel I need to use or just tell me what email to yeah. send. And so um, we worked on her confidence. We we worked on that mindset shift. And that same day she got two inquiries for her offer who wanted her to photo shoot their elopement on the exact same day, which is crazy firstly. So the universe is working. But then I helped her formulate an email that really instilled the confidence and I sort of talked her through how it's really showcasing the confidence the client booked and paid on that day, but not only that, they upgraded to her top package, which they actually only inquired for the cheaper package. So there was zero, there was literally an email. And I think people most of the time want to overcomplicate things. And sometimes yep. a simple shift in mindset can change everything. So people don't want to believe that it can be that easy, I think, sometimes. And you're so right because if it is a confidence thing or if it is as simple as sending an email, it, if we're procrastinating, which I feel like for me I, mm. I'm a serial procrastinator, and for me that is a sign that there's something about this that makes me feel mm. like, oh, uh, there's something in it that is is a bit of a block. There's resistance there. And so I think that's where we do overcomplicate. You're so right where we go, well, I need to redesign my email template before mm. I send out that email because it needs to look really good or I need to redo this page on my website or whatever. I need to book a photo shoot first. <laughs> All these things that are like good things in inverted commas, but they're not necessary. Mm -hmm. It's like actually we can execute at 80%, yeah. you know, and it's such a oh, the procrastination thing. It's so, <laughs> I totally resonate with that. Yep. So what do you see with all the, you know, do you mostly work with women, right? Yeah, only work with women. Yeah. What do you see as the number one thing that comes up a lot? People always ask me this. And the thing that I love about mindset is that there is no Band-Aid. 
approach or there's no one size fits all approach because when you think about it, We've all grown up in different circumstances, in in different monetary situations, in different um, families. And even if you have grown up in even the same family and the same situations, you've had different friends or different experiences or different things have triggered you more than others. And so all of those experiences through your whole life is what creates your mindset and creates the way that we think. So, I mean, there's so many things, but... That's why I kind of like working one-on-one with people because it's not just a fear of failure. It's like, okay, but what are you afraid of when it comes to fear of failure? Is it fear of judgment? Is it fear of letting yourself down, fear of letting your parents down, fear of losing money? Like when we go into it, there's so many deeper things and even fear of success. There's so many people that actually do fear success and people think, don't be silly, Jess. Of course I want to be successful. But they don't realize that there's this underlying thought or belief. And so one good example I had of that was one client of mine. Um, she was actually really resistant to signing up for coaching with me. And I was like, you keep coming back. You keep asking me, like, I know you're trying to sign up, but like, what are you doing? There's <laughs> something going on. <laughs> what are you um, doing? And so we figured out that in the past, she had a really, really successful business in a completely different industry to what she was wanting to go in. But she had a super successful business in the past. And what happened was she had a business partner who then got addicted to drugs and like every, like she lost everything. Everything was a nightmare. Like it's a pretty stressful situation. Um, someone close to you, you know, going through that, all of those things happened. And so what story she was telling herself was that if I have a successful business, my life is going to fall apart like completely. Wow. And she didn't really realize that that was playing a role in why she wasn't pulling the trigger on starting this new business. And so we had to work on that because otherwise that thought would be there through her marketing, through her sales, through her website, through her literally anything she did, that thought would be going along. And the problem is most of the time we're not conscious of these thoughts. And that is the first step. And I think um, you might be sharing the workbook, but I have a workbook on my website, which is completely free. And I have four steps on really trying to unearth like what your limiting beliefs are, because if we don't know what they are, then we're just treating procrastination and we're like, oh, I need to organize my calendar better, or I need to do a better to-do list, or I need to just try a bit harder and stop being so lazy. That is not going to help anything. It's like trying to treat cancer and you just give someone a Panadol. It's not going to do anything. You know, it's still going to be there. Yes, Um, yes. So really understanding what the limiting belief is first is the first step, because if we don't know what it is, we can't treat it. We can't work on it. Um, and so if you are procrastinating or if you're self-sabotaging or anything like that, that leaves clues. That leaves clues. And so there's usually a deeper thought or maybe it's a misalignment of values. So I actually had, um, my own podcast couch chats and I released an episode, I think last week called self-sabotage is bullshit (laughs) because (laughs) I don't actually believe in self-sabotage or procrastination. And in that episode, I actually also shared how if our business is harming things that we value, so if our business starts to take away all of our fun or take away all of our health or, you know, mean that we don't get to spend time with friends and family, then what our brain does is because it wants to protect us, it says, this business is harming me. This business is a threat. And so then what it does is it shows up in self-sabotage, procrastination, because it says, no, 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 
I don't want this business to, to be a success because it's already harming me. It's probably going to harm me more. And so what we then need to look at, and one of my clients, I literally just said, no, I'm not going to tell you to work harder. I'm going to tell you to take a two-day holiday, please. Like we're going to stop working all together in order to combat that. So it's it's like a di- you need to diagnose what the hell's going on first and just working harder is not going to solve the problem. Oh, that that makes so, so much sense because I think I got to the end of this year mm. and I get to November and I'm like, I'm done. I'm finished. I can't do anymore. I honestly have been like, I said to my husband, next year in November, we have to have a holiday booked. We have to go up north or something because I, by this point in the year, I just feel spent. And so it's this thing of actually we have to, in those moments, sometimes taking a a couple days off, even when you're like, I'm so busy, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. It actually works better because you feel like you're, the business isn't expending everything that you have Mm because it can feel like that, especially when you're in this building phase, right? Like when you're trying to, like I can imagine with your swimwear brand, when you're you're like, hey, how am I going to afford to go to New York Fashion Week? How am I going to afford to keep my job if I don't have any leave? Like I can imagine that that would be like, well, I need to work harder. I need to do more. I need to make more money. And it's hard when you're in that state for so long. Mm. So it's a really like it's a conundrum. And I can imagine like do you find with a lot of the people you work with, are they coming to you because they feel burnt out or are they coming to you kind of saying, oh, I want to grow more and then realizing, oh, my gosh, I have all these weird beliefs. Yeah. So usually it's people that want to grow more because the problem with people that are burnt out, they can't even think about anything other than yes. the work that yeah. they've got to do, but they're probably the people that need it the most. So I do mostly get people who are looking to grow. I personally prefer to work with people who have already got a business and something going, but maybe are looking to grow more. And then I work with them to really structure and make sure that we don't hit that issue. And how can we grow without just thinking, oh, more hours, more clients, more customers, more sales, because that's not always the way. You know, um, there are so many things. And even another lady that I was speaking to yesterday just kept resisting. She was like, no, 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 I'm not going to increase my price. I don't need to. I've got still capacity. I'm not booked out, so I can't increase my price yet. And she did increase her price before when I told her to, and then her sales went down. So then she put her price back down because she decided that no one would pay that price. And guess what? No one paid it because she didn't show up in the way. So we actually unpacked a whole bunch of beliefs. And the thing is, again, you're probably going to be pretty resistant to hearing it, but it's usually what you need to hit that next level. Because if we keep doing the same things, you know, there's all those quotes like, if you keep doing the same things, you're going to get the same results. If you keep thinking and acting and showing up as the same you, you're also going to keep getting the same results. So it really 100%. does. 100%. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who is seeing, they're like, okay, I'm not getting the results I want in my business. I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough customers. What is the first step someone needs to, like you were saying, unearthing these limiting beliefs? Mm. How do we go the layer deep, deeper so that we are actually hitting these, these limiting beliefs, not just the surface level, oh, I'm procrastinating, I'm not working hard enough, those types yeah. of things? 
Yeah. So I would just usually ask yourself, why? Why am I procrastinating? Hmm. Maybe because I'm feeling super burnt out already and I just can't do any more work. And then it's like, okay, well, why am I feeling burnt out? Maybe there's a belief around I have to work hard to make good money. Okay, well, where did that belief come from? And, you know, like it just keeps on going. Um, But you're not going to unearth it all overnight. And so just bringing the awareness to it, and that's why I'd recommend to anyone if they are in that point of view to maybe download my free workbook. And I've got a little video lesson there that helps you work through that step by step. But also... um, just bring awareness. You might be driving or you might be in the shower tomorrow and you're like, holy shit, that memory from when I was like five years old (laughs) um, is probably why all of this is happening. Or, you know, like when we start to look for things, our brain actually starts scanning and looking for the answer. But if we just keep looking for how can I be more productive, it's never going to bring up the answer for you. So you've usually got the answers within you. And my job as a coach is not to not tell you, oh, you've got daddy issues or, you know, I never tell people (laughs) what the issue is. Um, I help them unearth it, but then I can also pull things from people's languaging, you know, the words they use, the things they say, and I can pick up on clues as to what might be happening um, for them. So for me, I love working one-on-one with my clients. So if people are wanting to go that route, then you could also possibly find a coach to help you. But I think, you know, you could definitely start to explore that yourself and just bring a bit more awareness to that and just continue asking why, but why, but why, but why. That is such a good way to think about it because I do think we just plow through and we think, Mm. oh, I I just need to be better at this or I just need to schedule my day better or I I just need to send the email with the quote, you know, (laughs) like there's all these things. But I do think like even for someone starting a business Mm. or who's, terrified of quitting their job there's this thing of well I don't my circumstances are different and I don't have what it takes or I don't have enough money or I can't support my family if I if I take a risk on this and what would you say to someone who's starting a business are there any mindset shifts that you wish you had from day one um, like I said, I pretty had a pretty good mindset. That's why I've started it, <laughs> you know, achieved quite a few things with my businesses. But I think the biggest thing that I see when, well, I usually do work with people who have started already because I'm not here to convince them to do something or to not do it. Yeah. And so then I'm working in a different space. But if you're thinking that you want to do something or start a new project or take a new leap and there's some resistance to it, firstly, just asking yourself, is that true? Because usually it's not true. Like, oh, I can't invest in a coach because I don't have any money. Well, logically it sounds legit, but to be honest, I've paid $50,000 for a coach when I only had ten grand. And to be honest, yeah. I do not know how I paid for it. I didn't actively go, okay, I've got to get 10 more clients and get this. And th-. I just decided and I committed to it and it was all mindset. And your brain is then scanning the environment to create these opportunities to make that true. So your brain never wants to be wrong. So if you are convinced about something, it will make it true. Yeah. So I know that's a very abstract example and people like, whatever, Jess, that's okay for you. You won't believe it until it happens. And so I had another client who, well, not a client, sorry, someone who just listened to my podcast and I did an episode about money mindset. And she then 
committed to a branding package that was $300. She knew she really had to rebrand and the $300 is a pretty cheap branding package if I might say so myself. Yeah, but oh my she, gosh. Um, but she committed and that was a big stretch for her. And so she committed to, it was like something ridiculous, like $320 or something very specific. And she'd barely been making any sales from her website. The very next day she gets an order for like the exact amount. Wow. The very next day. And she sent me the message and she was like, Jess, now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. Because when you believe things, it just happens, even if it seems ridiculous. But if you don't believe it, then you need to work on that. Because no matter how much you tell yourself, if your brain's like, good one, Jess, that's a good joke, you know, it's not going to work. Wow. Oh, honestly, I could talk with you about this <laughs> for so long, but I am conscious of your time. But Honestly, Jess, I'm so grateful for your time. And I know that that free limiting beliefs workbook is going to be super handy for anyone mm -hmm. who's listening, who is feeling like even finishing up 2021, there's been a lot of fear in the media. There's been a lot of fear in just life in general at the moment. So if you're feeling like, oh, I feel stressed, I feel anxious, I feel fearful about 2022, I really encourage you to go and download this free limiting beliefs workbook because it's going to help you to start the year with an awareness of, okay, what, what am I thinking? What am I believing about my business? What am I believing about myself? What am I believing about my customers and how much they can spend, how much they can afford? Because often we think, no, they couldn't afford that. I'll never raise my prices because they couldn't afford it. But it's just actually, I think, no, we can't tell people what they can and can't afford. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the first one. But also maybe your current customers don't can't afford that. But then if you change your pricing and you change your marketing, you change your messaging and you are now targeting a new customer, there's your answer. Because in the world, like everyone can afford all sorts of things, you know. Yes, 100%. And I think the it, you're so right. Like your marketing, it reflects it's really important and your messaging is so important because it sets the standard and the tone mm -hmm. of the people that you want to be attracting mm -hmm. rather than chasing down and and them not being a good fit. Yeah. So I'm going to pop a link to that workbook into the show notes and tell us a little bit about your dream big journal because this also sounds really incredible too. Yeah. So I've just released my dream big journal. I've actually got on here. I know that everyone can't see this, but you can see it. And so oh, it's, um, oh, it's so beautiful it's pink with gold and it's fabric and it's like a really old school looking journal. But um, I designed this because I realized that a lot of people do mindset journals or, you know, the five minute journal in the morning and they're journaling and things like that. But people often don't really understand why they're doing it. They're just like, oh, someone said I should be grateful, so let me write my gratitude down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, um, and the problem with that is a lot of people, and this is not just gratitudes, I've got many tools in here for like daily journeying, for setting goals, and my goals are all about life, not just business as well, so it is kind of applicable for anyone. Um, but with gratitudes, just for one last quick tip, <laughs> with gratitudes, <laughs> a lot of people write, I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful for food today, I'm grateful for my family. Now that's nice, but are you stressed about not having a home or not having a family or, you know, not having food today? Maybe you are and that's great then, you probably could use those. But if you are able to buy a journal, then you probably are at the next level. And so most people in business are stressed about 
money or customers or confidence or whatever it is. And so writing gratitudes around, I am so grateful for the five customers that I have today, even though it's not as, I mean, I wouldn't write the second part, but even though it's not as many as you're necessarily wanting, but really shifting that focus to the areas where you want growth. So for me, I always write, you know, Um, I'm real introvert. So I always used to have to write like I am confident and these kind of things. And I'm so grateful for that. I showed up on my, on my stories today and I'm really proud of myself for that. So rather than writing, you know, grateful for my home, that's working at the basic human needs level. Whereas most entrepreneurs or business owners are maybe at the self-actualization level of the hierarchy of needs. And so We need to focus our gratitudes on those areas, which then works into our subconscious mind to believe them and then they happen. So that's just one of the very small tips. And I've created videos to go with the journal as well, just to make sure that everyone's really understanding why they're doing it and how to get the most out of each section. Oh, it sounds incredible. So we are going to link to that in the show notes. We're also going to link to your podcast in there as well, because I know that. This is a conversation that we need to keep having and I hope that if you are listening, you leave feeling uh, inspired because this is just, uh, Jess, it's incredible to chat with you and I'm just so grateful and I know that our community are so grateful to have your insights and your stories and your just just a little bit of a kick up the butt to <laughs> manage our own thought life as well. I think that's just so important. So Thank you. And actually, where can people follow you on Insta? Yeah, so they can find me at jess.williamson8. And pretty much all the links to everything are in my bio. Otherwise, feel free to send me a DM anytime. I always love chatting with people and hearing what they thought as well. Oh, amazing. Well, head on over to our show notes. We'll link to everything in there. But Jess, thank you again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. Remember, if you want to check out any of those links that Jess mentioned, and if you want to connect with her further, then head on over to our show notes and you will get access to all of the good things. Thank you so much for being part of our community. If you've loved this episode, please share it. That means the world to me. And send me a DM to let me know where you're listening to this from. As always, we will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, go get them.